Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hi, Daniel. All great over here, and uh, quick apologies to the listeners if they can hear a noise outside while we're recording today. But the noise you hear is the Barnsley FC promotion train getting into full speed. Uh, Barnsley, excellent at the weekend. Big game against a promotion rival, 1-4-1. Uh, in front of 17,000 fans as well. Uh, and we've got a massive month coming up in March, which I'm really, really excited for. Well, last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I expect you're still beaming after Spurs' win over Chelsea on Sunday. Yeah, unfortunately, no noises outside my window. Tottenham aren't doing a great deal at the moment. Um, obviously, there's still a little bit to play for, um, obviously, with the top four push. Hopefully, an FA Cup win this evening. A, a massive game away at Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United. Um, so that's going to be a big one. And hopefully you're listening to this um, and you obviously might know the result. Hopefully you'll know that I'm buzzing, that we've got the win. Um, but I want us to take that competition really seriously. But yes, as you said, obviously a big win against Chelsea, another derby win, another home win, another big home win. Of course, you know, now beating Man City, West Ham and Chelsea on the trot. So building a little bit of momentum. But as you very well know, with Spurs, um, that can all, all can come crashing down in uh, in, a, in a very short space of time. So we'll wait and see. But yes, really buzzing after that result and uh, looking forward to, to getting into more football today. Absolutely. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? We need to look at tonight's Premier League action as Arsenal play host to Everton. And Craig, this is the game in hand that everyone keeps referencing. So, can the Gunners find themselves five points clear at the top with a home win at odds of 1-3? to three? Um, Yeah, the, the odds aren't great, but I do think they can, um, they can get a win on the board here, Dan. Um, sort of fair play to Arsenal, I think, for the past couple of weeks, for, for grinding out a couple of successes away at Villa and then against Leicester um, at the weekend. It's two wins in a row where you can sort of argue that they won sort of in inverted commas like champions. And we, we sort of, I don't know if that's overplayed sometimes, I'm not sure. But from an Arsenal point of view, they're sometimes flashy and winning games brilliantly. But for the last couple of weeks, they've really sort of ground out a couple of wins. Um, I think the key to this one here is that Everton may fancy themselves to win like a tactical battle at home, but I'm not really sure that's going to work for them away from home. Tough place to go, obviously, Arsenal. Um, I just can't see Everton winning the tactical battle here. I think Arsenal will eventually overpower them, even if it may take a little time to do that. Um, So, yeah, it's an Arsenal win for me. Now, Jamie, we've seen the good, the bad and the ugly of Everton under Sean Dyche, and the ugly was their away trip to Liverpool a week or so ago. So, it's another away day. And although the Toffees have beaten Arsenal once already this season, can Lightning strike twice? Mm. Odds of nine to one. Yeah, I mean that—that's that, probably the only thing that, that leaves doubt in my mind here about Arsenal not getting the win. You know, Sean Dyche has done Arsenal previously, and, and obviously very recently as well. So um, they have had their number this season, Everton. So that could be an interesting factor. But I think ultimately, I do think Arsenal will get the job done here. Um, I do think it will be a tense evening for the Gunners. I think it's going to be one where, again, I think Everton are going to come here and frustrate them. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, recently we, we have seen, as Greg mentioned, they've had to grind out results. You know, it's been maybe some frustrating games. You know, obviously they did win the Villa game comfortably in the end. Um, but for most of that game, of course, you know, they were behind. They were struggling in that one. So that was an interesting one. Um, you know, in, in four of the last five matches as well, they've, they've either failed to score or scored just once as well. So, you know, that, again, they've had really have been grinding out results and, you know, goals haven't been flowing at the moment. So, you know, against an Everton team who are going to sit deep, who are going to look to frustrate them, going to make it very difficult to break them down. Um, I think it's going to be a case of Arsenal will just about win this one. They'll find a goal from somewhere. So I fancy a low score and Arsenal win here. Um, but I, I do definitely expect Sean Dykes to, to really frustrate Arsenal. But uh, yes, as I said, unfortunately, I do think Arsenal will get the win here. Now, Craig, Jamie's opting for a low-scoring game. If you were looking at this game from an over-under goals point of view, how do you see this one panning out at the Emirates? Yeah, I've eventually, after much deliberation, come on the same side of Jamie, really. The, the key for me is when Arsenal score their first goal. I think... If, if Everton can hold on until half-time and maybe into the second half for a little bit, then this is a game that Arsenal will win, but it'll be 1-0, it may be 2-0. I think if Arsenal can score in the first half, that's when you start thinking that maybe Everton have got to come out a bit more and, and Arsenal can win this 3-0. Uh, the bookmakers have priced the line-up, sort of bang in the middle, can't, choke, can't um, differentiate between the two. It's 10-11 for both sides. Um, I'll, I'll not sit on the fence and I'll go with under 2.5 goals. The, the issue that I would have with that is if Arsenal do score in the first half. Um, but I do think Everton can sort of hold on for maybe 50 minutes an hour. So it'll still be a comfortable night for Arsenal, but maybe only 2-0, possibly a 1-0 success. So, yeah, it'd be under for me, but only just. OK, then, Jamie, you're on anytime goal scorer duties in North London. The shortest price at the moment is Eddie Nketiah mm. at 13-8. Is that tempting enough, or are you prepared to squeeze a bit more value with Bukayo Saka mm. at 15-8? Yeah, I mean, look, this one for Arsenal is quite a difficult market to kind of call at the moment. And I think one thing that makes them such a good team is they're not particularly reliant on one player to get all their goals. I think, you know, they're, they're a team who have really shared it around this season. Um, so obviously that from that sense is quite difficult to call. I think as well, kind of the configuration of their attack is going to be interesting to see how they line up. Obviously, we saw Trossard coming on the weekend. We saw Martinelli back in the team as well. So it's, it's difficult to kind of see who's going to start. Um, what, what changes Mikel Arteta is going to make. Um, so I'm actually going to go for Gabriel Martinelli for this one. Um, he's, he is seven to four, um, but he's now scoring back-to-back -back matches. Um, he started on the weekend. I think he's going to start again. Obviously, he had a bit of time out of the team with Trossard now here and um, obviously doing very well. But look, I think he's now back in that team. He started as centre forwards, uh, replaced Nketiah in, in the lineup on the weekend. Got his goal again, as I said. That's back-to-back -back goals for him. And uh, I don't see any reason why I can't do another one. So, um, yeah, Gabriel Martinelli at, at 7-4 to four is my pick. OK, then Arsenal will be looking for revenge at the Emirates. The topic of revenge is also on the minds of Liverpool as they welcome Wolves to Anfield this same evening. Craig, after witnessing Liverpool showing on Saturday night, would you be in a rush to back the Reds to win odds of just 1-2? to two? No, I, I certainly wouldn't. And um, I did say last week that sort of it wasn't just the defeat to Real Madrid that worried me for Liverpool, but it was the manner of it. Like the euphoria around that ground after 15 minutes 2-0 up, followed by the low of conceding five and losing. I think sort of, to a certain extent, we maybe saw a bit of a hangover from that on Saturday. It wasn't great again at all from Liverpool. The, the one to two, in my opinion, offers no value whatsoever. Um, the question I ask myself is, can Wolves go away and win at Anfield? And I'm not really 100% sure of that. So I think what I'm going to do is just split the difference and back the draw. Uh, seven to two for the draw. I think maybe a case of 
not trusting Liverpool and Liverpool sort of struggling against a team who was going to be there and frustrating them. Uh, but Wolves ultimately not quite having the sort of required finishing ability to to nick a goal and win it. So, yeah, it'd be the draw for me at 72. Now, Jamie, just like Everton at Arsenal, Wolves will be looking to perform a quick-fire league double. So, they were held by Fulham on Friday. Craig split the difference going for the draw. You can get 6-4 to four in the double-chance market. Is that any interest for you for Wolves to get at least a point? Yeah, I mean, for me, I haven't been particularly impressed by Wolves this season. Um, and I don't see kind of a great deal where they'll go and take full advantage of a... Of a at Liverpool side who are really kind of struggling at the moment. Um, I don't think they're going to have the same ability to frustrate opponents the way Everton do. And, and that's why I see Everton maybe going and frustrating Arsenal. For Wolves, I think they're obviously a team who are more attacking. You know, they'll leave more space for the likes of Salah um, and other players to kind of um, attack. And yeah, I just I don't really see um, Wolves being able to come in here and capitalise. So um, yeah, I do think Liverpool will be able to make it three three home wins in a row. Um, in the league, but uh, yeah, I don't think Wolves are going to have enough to, to get anything from this one. Their away form's been pretty poor this season. They've lost six of their 12 matches, so um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Liverpool win here. OK then, Craig, if you're looking at this from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see this clash panning out? Yeah, I think this is actually the, the bet that I would place on the game, just to get a bit more value, really, rather than just backing the straight draw. And I'd go with a, a draw at half-time and a draw at full-time, just sort of hoping for the same outcome as we saw on Saturday for Liverpool, where they they never really got going, and and Crystal Palace and and not. I, I sort of take Jamie's point about Wolves not really being able to go there and frustrate them, but you know Crystal Palace are not really pulling up any trees at the minute, and and they managed to hold Liverpool. Um, I just think this will be a a tight game. Both teams will have a, a few chances, um, but ultimately not able to take them. It, it could it could well be quite a dull affair. So uh, I think at six to one, if you wanted something at a bigger odds, I'd go with draw half time, draw full time, just uh, just for a bit of interest. Okay, and Jamie, if we're looking at this game from a first goal scorer point of view, who are you backing to break the deadlock this evening? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for an interesting pick here, um, just because he's not been a guy who's who's regularly been starting. I'm going to go for Roberto Firmino, um, which you can get at nine to two. Uh, I think the Brazilian he's got a strong chance of maybe coming back into the team this evening. Uh, I think Nunes he's very unlikely to start. I think he picked up a knock against Real Madrid. Obviously, he wasn't in the squad against Crystal Palace, so I think he'll probably be on the bench, so he's not going to start. I think Jota or Gakpo are probably going to likely be rested. Obviously, um, uh, Jota's just come back into the squad as well. I think Gakpo, he's played a number of games on the trot now, so I think it's time maybe for him to get a rest as well. So, yeah, I, I think Firmino will come into the team this evening. Um, and when he has started for Liverpool, he's been really good in the league. He scored seven times in his 11 starts this season um, in the league, so... A good record there, and uh, as I said, I do believe he will start. And usually, when he starts, as I said, he, he scores. So, um, yeah, Roberto Firmino to open the scoring at nine to two is my pick. A solid pick there. But we're going to stay on the topic of Liverpool, but fast forward to Sunday because we're going to go bet building once again. And with Liverpool playing host to Manchester United, we're going to look to construct another winner. And especially as last week's twenty-two to one offering found itself in the winner's circle. So a big pat on the back for myself, Jamie, and Craig. But now we have to do it all over again. And this means, as always, Craig, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, we've we've gone more than ten minutes in the show without mentioning him, but we may as well go to big friend of the show and uh, League Cup winner Marcus Rashford for um, for for him to score any time. He's available at thirteen to eight. I mean, it does seem a bit crazy to go anywhere else at the moment, really. Um, I do think United will score here. So regardless of what you think about the game outcome, I do think United will score. And I think Rashford's the only man to have 
sort of more confidence in um, at the moment. He's absolutely at the top of his game, uh, playing with real confidence. And to be honest, I forgot how many times we've tipped Rashford to score on this podcast since the World Cup. But pretty much he's delivered every time for us. Uh, let's open it again. So it's Marcus Rashford at 13-8 to 8 to kick us off. Perfect start, Jamie. I'd like the over-under on the goals, please. Mm, yeah, I think this will be a game with plenty of goals. I'm going to go for over 2.5. Um, as I said, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game, this one. Um, I do think Man United will come out on top, as, as I'll probably touch on a bit later. Um, but yeah, I think both teams I think both teams can score in this one as well. Um, but look, as I said, I think Man United will come out on top. And uh, I think that ultimately, lead. But for a, couple, for a couple of goals in this one, then I'm going to go for over 2.5. OK, then I'm going to use Craig's logic and dip into the double chance market. And with the form that Manchester United are in right now, I can't see them losing on Sunday, especially if Rashford gets a goal. You know, if they get one, can Liverpool get two? I don't think so. With that said, I'm not going to be as bold as backing the away win on its own, but I am going to back the Red Devils to get at least a point. OK, just to recap our three picks. Craig, somewhat unsurprisingly, has gone for Marcus Rashford to score any time, but why not? Jamie's gone for over 2.5 total goals. I've gone for United to get at least a point at Anfield. It's a smaller one this week, but I've got a real good feeling this one's going to get over the line as well. £10 on the betting slip, odds of 72, which means £45 in your back pocket. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, regardless of what Liverpool do in midweek, is this a game they have to win at the weekend? Yeah, it is, yeah. But I don't think they will, to be honest with you. Um, even if Liverpool sort of go out and win comfortably over Wolves on Wednesday night, this is a completely different test. And I think... If you sort of look at these two teams, match them up, put them on paper at their best, there's little to choose between them uh, when they're both at the full potential. But you could argue that Manchester United are playing above their what so what you would expect from them at the minute. They're they're overachieving, whereas Liverpool are well below their level. Um, the one thing that sticks out for me is the midfield battle that's going to come here and how much of an easy game Casemiro is going to have in the middle of the park. Uh, Liverpool have got absolutely no one to go up against him. He's been such a good signing for Manchester United. And he starts off a lot of their play, usually by winning the ball, uh, just lays it off, lets the more skilled players get on with their thing and take them upfield. But he's such a key player for Manchester United, and I just don't see how Liverpool have got anything to go up against him. Um, it's a massive game. It's a big game for the fans, obviously. Uh, but in the end, I think it's going to be the Manchester United fans that come out of Anfield singing. Uh, more doom for Liverpool, unfortunately. So it's 7-4 to four, Manchester United to win this. They're my pick. Well, he's gone bold there. But, Jamie, how much of a boost will the past week have been for Manchester United? Not only success in the EFL Cup, but also, more importantly, progress in the Europa League. So, the momentum is there. Can they continue it at the weekend? Yeah, I think this this could really be kind of the catalyst for, for a really successful season for Manchester United. And, you know, almost exactly what Eric Ten Hag needed. Um, you know, after a really difficult start to, to, to turn it around the way he has done has been so impressive. Um, and I just think how quickly he's transformed this team. You know, everyone's talking about giving Graham Potter more time at Chelsea. But look look at Eric Ten Hag. I think he's, you know, come in and, and already transformed Manchester United in such a short space of time. So, as I said, to have done it so quickly is, is really impressive. Um, it's obviously not quite like they needed some sort of boost. They're really going in the right direction anyway. But, um, you know, as you said, to come overcome Barcelona, a massive hurdle in the Europa League to have won that first trophy um, of the season. And, you know, I, th I think a lot of people kind of often speak about the, the League Cup as, as being, you know, the, obviously the first trophy you can win, um, obviously being a real catalyst for the rest of the season. You know, you have that success. I think the players are always, you know, kind of really up to go and win other things as well. So I think it, was, it has been a massive boost for them. Um, I think the only thing now for Manchester United will be injuries. Um, I, at the moment, it does look like they've got the depth to go strong in all competitions. 
you know, they've been able to rotate in competitions and, and still look strong. Um, the big thing will be is, you know, how they manage with, with when they get a key injury. Obviously, Marcus Rashford is someone who'll be so key for them, a Varane or a Casemiro. You know, so if they were to lose one of them, that would be the only issue and, and how they deal with that. But uh, at the moment, they just look so strong. They've got that depth. And uh, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why they can't go strong in, in the other three competitions they're still left in. So, um, yeah, massive week for, for Man United. And uh Really, really unbelievable job that, that Ten Hag's doing. Well, Craig, Jamie's just alluded to it there, but I'll ask your viewpoint anyway. So, you look at United's Crosstown rivals, they've proved in the past that a League Cup win can be the platform for further success later in the season. So, with that in mind, can you see United picking up another trophy, or maybe even two, in May? Yeah, I definitely can. And, and I think the one for them is the Europa League. Um, it looks a winnable competition, and it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world if United had actually already faced their toughest task between now and getting to the final by playing Barcelona. Um, you know, if, if they happen to get lucky with the draw and, and they avoid maybe Juventus and Arsenal, the only other two teams that would be close to that, um, then, then they could well get to the final and, and have already beaten their toughest opponent. Uh, it does seem like Eric Ten Hag's taking that competition quite seriously as well, and, and so he should as well, you know. Um, I don't think they'll quite get involved in the title race, but I think they could get in a position where third place is, is maybe wrapped up and, and they can begin to start looking at resting players before big Europa League games, maybe. Um, but I think a third-place finish, two trophies in the bag if they win the Europa League, um, a complete change of atmosphere around the club, all done in one season under Eric Ten Hag, shows just what a big positive step Manchester United have taken over, over the past few months and, and what a good appointment he's turning out to be as well. Um, they're 5-2 to two to win the Europa League, which I did think was a little bit short, um, but they are playing real better in the next round, so... They should win that, and, and then they're in the quarterfinals, and um, that price looks a bit more realistic when they're in the quarterfinals. But yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good end to the season. Uh, I think they've got every chance of winning the Europa League. Don't think they'll get involved in the title race. Um, and I think maybe the FA Cup might be a bit too much to, to be fighting on three fronts so late in the season. Um, but yeah, everything at the moment at that club is very positive and has happened in a relatively short period of time, which has been very impressive to watch. Now, Jamie, with England matches returning this month, surely Marcus Rashford has placed himself in Gareth Southgate starting eleven. Yeah, I mean, 17 goals in 17 appearances since the World Cup. His, his form's just been unbelievable. Um, I thought that the World Cup as well, where I just remember, I thought he was absolutely excellent. And, um, you know, it was a real kind of sign that he was getting back to his best. I think just before that, I remember he was he was doing very well for Manchester United and obviously wasn't quite hitting the heights he is now. But I think he was showing real signs that, he was going to be able to turn it around. He obviously had, you know, maybe the last two seasons or so have been really difficult for him. I think just because he played so much football at such a young age, I think that had been very difficult for him. But, you know, he's, he's really turned it around now. And we're seeing the Marcus Rashford, I think everyone expected we would see. You know, he's been unbelievable. I said at the World Cup, he, he was really good. And for me, he was probably England's best attacker. Um, obviously, one of the big decisions Gareth Southgate made was to leave him out the starting eleven against France, and that was a really kind of bewildering decision for me. Just a, a really strange one, given how good he had been. Um, so that was that was something that was strange. Um, I think something that I'm really excited to see is is Kane and Rashford kind of linking up. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago um, when Rashford was playing really well, um, and I, I felt that like, that could have been a really strong combination. It very much reminded me of, of Kane and Son. Um, you know, two very similar players, um, obviously. And, and Harry Kane can have that sort of same relationship with, with Marcus Rashford. So um, that's something that England do need to utilise. You've got the guy there in Marcus Rashford 
who, who's got the same sort of play style as, as Hume Son, who can finish fantastically well. You've got Harry Kane, who can create opportunities for someone like Marcus Rashford. So that's a link up. I'm, I'm excited to see for England over maybe the next uh, two years or so. Um, but yeah, Marcus Rashford, it has to be starting for England. Um, that, that That's for sure. Obviously, we've got some great attackers. But for me, he is probably the number one guy now. Um, so yes, 100% he has to be starting for England. Right, that's enough of our friend Marcus Rashford. It's time for our long shot Acker. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to stick with uh, Manchester United <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go for a big away win at Liverpool here and I'm going to go for I'd add over 2.5 goals as well, uh, which you can get at 3-1. to one. I think Manchester United, just such great form at the moment, scoring so many goals. And I said, I think there's going to be lots of goals in this one. And I'm going to go for over 2.5. Lovely stuff, Craig. What have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, it's the championship for me. And I'm going to go with Blackburn to beat Sheffield United at 13-5. to So Blackburn could well be hitting form at exactly the right time for their playoff bid. They come here on the back of three wins in a row, getting better with each of them and winning 3-1 away at QPR last weekend. Uh, Tuesday night saw them go away to Leicester and knock out Premier League opposition in the FA Cup. Another big confidence boost for them. I've got a small worry that Sheffield United could possibly get the same boost if they beat Spurs on Wednesday. But I don't quite think they will. Um, and still like the home team here. Sheffield United have not been anywhere near the best recently. They lost two in a row to Middlesbrough and Millwall and then weren't convincing at all when beating Watford narrowly last weekend. Uh, Blackburn arrive in great form. They're sort of... A big price, I think, um, to put further dent in Sheffield United's automatic bid and obviously help their own playoff bid. So it's Blackburn to beat Sheffield United at 13-5 to for me. Yeah, it could be a big week for Blackburn. It could be a really bad week for Chelsea because I'm going to go for Leeds to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So, Graham Potter, we all know he's having a torrid time as Chelsea boss and things have only got worse recently with the news that Thiago Silva is now out injured. With that in mind, the Blues have scored just six goals since the World Cup return and there's nothing in the way of firepower. They've got all these exciting attacking players, but they can't seem to get the ball in the net. It doesn't matter what combination it is, it's not working. Because of that, I think this visiting Leeds side will smell an upset on the cards. Now, the Ellen Road outfit may have lost in the Cup on Tuesday, but the Premier League is certainly their bread and butter. And this is why I think some more heavy Grazia bounce is going to be on show as they pick up three massive points at odds of 9-2. to two. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's mop up some more Premier League headlines now. And first up, we're off to the Etihad as Newcastle go to Manchester City. Craig, we don't know what the gap at the top of the table will be right now, but by Saturday, the odds for home win are 4-9. to nine. Is that a fair price in your eyes? Um, I, th- I think it's a little bit short, but when you consider how Newcastle are playing at the moment, I think it's probably the right price and, and what... City should be to win this. Uh, Manchester City should should have a fairly comfortable afternoon, in my opinion, which is strange to say when you think how well Newcastle are playing a few weeks back. But Newcastle are struggling, sort of relatively struggling, because they are having a good season still. Um, but it's the lack of goals that's causing their problems at the minute. As I think we all highlighted on the podcast last week, they didn't really give a proper go in the cup final, in my opinion. They allowed Manchester United far too much control uh, Newcastle had more than 60% of the ball last weekend and had just two shots on target compared to Manchester United, who had 10 shots on target with less than 40% of the ball. Um, until Newcastle starts scoring, I think they'll struggle against sort of anyone in the top half of the league. But Manchester City are far better than just being a top half team. And for that reason, I think this is a comfortable Manchester City win for me. 
yeah, I'd have to agree in the sense that Newcastle can't score two goals at the moment. You know, it's all nils and ones. If City get their noses in front with two quick fire goals, Newcastle are really going to struggle. Even last Sunday in the Carabao Cup final, I was saying to somebody that in the in play, I think it was one to ten on for Man United to, to win from two nil up onwards, you'd just buy the money because you just couldn't see Newcastle getting one goal, let alone two. So that said, Jamie, they did get three when they played Man City earlier in the season. That seems to be the exception rather than the rule, in fairness. So it would be remiss to say that the wheels are going to fall off at Newcastle if they lose this game, but it can take a turn for the worst rather quickly. So looking at what's going to happen on Saturday, are you predicting a third successive defeat in all competitions for Newcastle, or can they put a stop to this run? Yeah, I think it will be a third successive defeat for them. Um, I think I think the wheels are coming off to a certain extent. Obviously, I think they have been fantastic this year and really pushing for Champions League. So I think from that from that perspective, obviously a little bit harsh to kind of say that the wheels are coming off. But look, the form isn't has been has been as strong as it has been. Um, you know, we, Craig mentioned there the goals have really kind of dried up for them. They've scored just three times in their last seven matches. Just one win during that period as well. So it's been a really, really kind of tough run for them. And uh, yeah, we saw that in the cup final again. You know, it really kind of struggled to, to, to really make anything from that game in terms of attacking wise. And, you know, against the Manchester City side who are going to be the Etihad, they've got the likes of Erling Haaland, Riyad Mahrez, Phil Foden, all that attacking talent. I think they're going to score a couple here. And uh, you just kind of struggle to see Newcastle being able to respond. So, yeah, as much as Man City have been unpredictable this season, I think they're going to have more than enough to kind of break down Newcastle and uh, score one or two here and uh, just to struggle to see Newcastle responding. So I think it will be a third successive defeat for them. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a Man City win here. Well, it could be another important weekend in the race of the top four. Should Newcastle lose, Tottenham will look to put further distance between themselves and the Magpies, Craig. So can Spurs make it three successive league wins in a row, odds of five to four? Does that price offer some decent value to you? Um, I don't think this will be easy, but but it does, yeah. It's not an easy place to go, Wolves. And I, and I think it wouldn't surprise me if this turned into quite a tactical battle here. I think Wolves, generally speaking, have got the ability to play attacking football. But they will see a home game against Tottenham as, as one where they can maybe grind out a point and take something from. So it wouldn't surprise me if Wolves were a little deeper. But then when you look at how Tottenham play, Tottenham also play on the break and they like to sort of soak pressure up and then hit teams. So it just might be a, a very strange sort of awkward tactical battle, this one. Um, but having said that, I think if you take out the Leicester blip, we'll call it, um, I think this could well be the best that we've seen from Spurs all season. Uh, good last week against Chelsea. Week before against West Ham, I thought they were okay in the first half, but very, very good in the second half. Um, Spurs are odds against five to four. I think it's a fair price for a team that, like I say, if you take out that Leicester blip, um, Spurs are playing fairly well at the minute, um, and, and I think it's as for for a sort of period of four or five games, probably as good as we've seen from them all season. Now, Jamie, I guess when you look at those odds, the value may actually come from a low-scoring affair at Molyneux. That tends to be the case from, from recent memory. I remember a few 1-0 wins have happened for Spurs. Yeah. So, with that in mind, are you tempted by the away win and under 2.5 goals, odds of 15-4? to four? Yeah, well, first day, I completely forgot we had Wolves on the weekend, so I'm a little bit kind of scared that I had did obviously slag them off a little bit earlier in the show, and uh, I'm sure that won't come back to bite me uh, at all. But uh, do you know what? Actually, the, the interesting one. This was going to be probably my one of my long shot picks as well. I really like the look of this one. I think a Spurs win in a low scoring one was was definitely the way to go here. Um, I, I, again, with as Craig said, I do think Spurs are building a bit of momentum. 
Um, and obviously face that a wolf side who, yes, like we can say obviously they are have been a bit lackluster recently. Um, so yeah, I think Spurs should have enough to kind of come here and get the win. Um, but I think it will be a low scoring one. Spurs have kind of struggled to score maybe more than twice. They've scored just twice in one of their last 10 league matches. So a team that have not been scoring like a great deal at the moment. So from that perspective, I don't think Spurs are going to come here and, and really wipe the floor with Wolves. So yes, I do think it will be a Spurs win, um, uh, but it's going to be a low scoring one for sure. As I said, Spurs just kind of struggling at the moment to really emphatically blow teams away. So um, yes, I'm going to go for a Spurs win under 2.5. And uh, I, I do like the look of that one quite, uh, quite a lot. Yeah, I'd have to agree on that front, but we may as well keep our noses at the top end of the Premier League table as Arsenal are back in action on Saturday. They host Bournemouth this time. It's just 2-9 to nine for the home win. So, Craig, can you find the listeners something a bit more interesting, please? Yeah, very short Arsenal to win this one, but I do think they ultimately will come out on, on top and uh, I think it'll be a fairly comfortable one. Um, to boost the odds with this, I'm going to take a punt on Bournemouth to score in the game. Um, they're not big scorers, but they have scored in four of the last five games. And they did score in a big loss to Manchester City last weekend, a game they lost 4-1. Um, it's 21-10, to 10, so just over 2-1 to 1 for an Arsenal win with both teams to score. And I could maybe see a very similar sort of pattern of play to what happened last weekend. Arsenal in full control. Arsenal win the game easy, but Bournemouth do nick a goal from somewhere. Um, I think it's going to be very comfortable for Arsenal. But yeah, I'm cheering on a Bournemouth goal as well. 21-10, to 10, so just over 2-1. to 1. Arsenal win and both teams to score. Well, Jamie, the fixture computer certainly hasn't been kind to Bournemouth these past couple of weeks. It was Man City last weekend. They shipped four. They've got the worst defence in the Premier League at present. They're averaging two goals against, which usually means relegation in terms of that kind of figure. They've got to worry about that. But the worry here really will be conceding goals against Arsenal. So it's over 3.5 total goals at odds of 6-4. to four. Good starting point for you. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Bournemouth's away form this season, it's been pretty shocking. Uh, they've lost eight of their 12 matches away from home. They conceded a massive 32 goals during that run as well. So it's really poor. Um, then, of course, you just look at the Gunners. They've scored 27 times at home this season in their league. So a team that you know can certainly find the back of the net at the Emirates. Um, so, yeah, I think if you kind of look at Arsenal's attack, you look at how poor Bournemouth's defence has been away from home. Uh, yeah, I do think over two, over 3.5 goals is, is definitely a good shout here. We may as well stay in the capital, actually, as Monday night sees a West London derby. Not Chelsea, but Brentford playing host to Fulham. So, Craig, we spoke about Manuel Solomon on last week's show. He would have certainly repaid anyone's faith if they backed him on last Friday to score any time. And more importantly, those odds are 9-4. What a strike it was to make it level. Yeah, great goal, that. And to add further to that, he also scored on Tuesday night in the FA Cup win over Leeds. And that was another great strike as well. Um, he's absolutely flying at the minute. I still think, sort of, despite their excellent play this season and where they are in the league, there's still a bit of a myth hanging around Fulham that Mitrovic is the main man. And I think one of the reasons why Fulham are having success this season is because they've spread the scoring out. They've scored more goals. And it's, at the moment, the likes of, sort of, Solomon, um, other players in the past when he wasn't playing, They've got more room. They're able to take advantage of it. And, you know, they've got quality players who can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, surprisingly, very surprisingly for me, it's 11-2 to two to score any time this week, which I think is like a cracking price. Uh, definitely worth another punt. The only sort of slight worry is if he comes off the bench um, and, and Fuller maybe goes slightly more defensive, being away from home. But um, even if he comes on off for the last half an hour, um, he's in great form in his... Not just scoring goals, but scoring some great goals at the minute. So, 11-2, to two, yeah, to score any time. Yeah, fantastic price, it must be said. But, Jamie, as the outcome at the Brentford Community Stadium, 
It's fair to say two evenly matched teams will be on show. So could the draw at 13 to 5 be the way to go at the start of next week? Yeah, I, I think so. One stat I was quite interested to see was the Brentford. They've only won six of their 12 home league games this season. So that, that was a bit surprising given how strong they have looked. Um, then you look at Fulham as well. They've lost just twice in the last 10 league matches. So we don't see them going there and, and, and suffering a defeat. Um, but look, I think Brentford can get something out of this. So, yeah, I, I think definitely a draw looks to be the way to go. Um, yeah, I, I just think these are two very evenly matched teams, as you said, obviously in the league. Very much suggest that as well. Two teams who have been playing very well look to be kind of overachieving this season as well. So, yeah, definitely everything points towards a draw. I do like the look of that one. Right, before we move on any further, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, a couple of minutes ago, you asked me for something bigger in the Arsenal-Bournemouth game. And I gave you a picture over 2-1, to one, but this is the really, really big one for the Arsenal-Bournemouth game. Um, so I'm going to go with Arsenal to win this game 4-1, which is available at 18-1, to so a big one here. Um, Arsenal, I think, should have far too much quality for Bournemouth and they can ultimately win this game with relative ease. Uh, but having said that, as I sort of mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Bournemouth are scoring more recently than what they have done for the rest of the season, even when they're getting beat. Uh, four of the last five games, they have scored a goal. Um, even when they lost heavily against Manchester City last weekend, they did manage to get a goal on the score sheet. Um, so I do think they can score here. 4-1, sort of adding that Bournemouth goal into it, really boosts the odds. So Arsenal to win 4-1 at 18-1 is my pick. OK, Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to look to Nottingham Forest versus Everton. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Forest at 12-1. Uh, Forest, very much a different proposition at home this season. Uh, they're undefeated in, in eight matches at the City ground so far. So a really good run there. Of course, we saw in their last match there, they drew one all with Man City. So that was obviously a really good result for them. Uh, meanwhile, Everton on their travels this season, they've lost six of their 11 games. So uh, yeah, I think everything kind of points towards a Nottingham Forest win here. And I think it'll be a 2-0 one. Um, I think it'll be a case of where maybe Everton might frustrate them. And I, I'm going to touch on this a little bit later in the show. Um, but yeah, I think this will be uh, a, a comfortable Nottingham Forest win uh, at 2-0. Fantastic. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty more Premier League headlines to mop up. And let's go to Villa Park as Unai Emery's men welcome Crystal Palace. So Craig, we've been keeping an eye on Palace in the last few weeks. No winning eight now for the Eagles. Will the streak extend to nine at the weekend? Yeah, I think it will, yes. And I'm giving a very, very slight edge to Aston Villa here, uh, just in the hope that their win over Everton last week was them beginning to turn a corner again and, and get back to sort of playing how they were a few weeks back. Um, Crystal Palace are really struggling. And they will maybe feel that they should have got a bit more from that Liverpool game last weekend. But ultimately, they just lack that quality to go out there and really win a game. Um, Liverpool were there for the taking. Crystal Palace haven't got the quality to take them. Um, neither of these two teams, I would class, are in massively in the relegation sort of fight. But I think if Crystal Palace lose this, then that gives Aston Villa their cushion back and they move forward. Whereas Palace are going to have to start looking over their shoulder. Um, I, like I say, I'm, I'm not overly confident in Aston Villa. I still think they've got a little bit more to prove, but a very, very slight edge to Villa. And I think they'll just have enough to beat Crystal Palace. Yeah, I think if I'm looking at the game, I think the difference will be Ollie Watkins. The fact he's now playing in a proper centre-forward position, not just out wide. Danny Ings moving on to West Ham freed up Watkins to actually play the role he used to play. And Villa are getting the best out of him. So, returning to winning ways last weekend, he's back in the groove. 
Palace can't score goals for love nor money, I think it's just going to be a Villa win. But Jamie, if you're looking at this game from a results and goals perspective, which way are you leaning before kickoff? Yeah, I'm going to go for an Aston Villa win and, and a low scorer here. Uh, I think Villa, they've been generally good under Unai Emery this season. Obviously, they bounced back from uh, two defeats against Arsenal Man City with that win over Everton last weekend. Um, but in terms of scoring goals, you know, they, they've maybe kind of struggled to do that this season. Um, they haven't been emphatic goal scorers. They've averaged just over one goal a game. Um, and from a Palace perspective as well, they certainly have been struggling for goals. You know, certainly recently, there's been a big thing that they've really been missing a striker. Obviously, Zaha's been out the team as well. So a real lack of goals for kind of both teams. But uh, I think Aston Villa, they should come out on top here. Um, I think, as I said, two two really low scoring teams. And uh, I think a Villa should have enough here to, to win this one. So I'm going to go for uh, a Villa win under 2.5 goals at 3-1. to one. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Palace, the fact that they are eight games unbeaten, someone said to me in the week that there's a very mitigating circumstance that they've had eight relatively difficult fixtures, you know, teams at the top end of the table. And that's fair enough. But let's say this run gets to, I don't know, 10, 11. That's when they're going to really start panicking because then they're not picking up wins against the teams in and around them. And as I've said before, you look at every team under Palace, doesn't matter who it is, they've all got a win in them somewhere. You know, it could be Southampton, Leeds, Everton. They can get three points when the pressure's really on. I look at Palace and I just don't see them picking a win out from anywhere at the moment. And that's the real danger. And as you say, Craig, if they lose at the weekend, that pack is going to get bunched up even further. And then we're going to talk about, what, gaps of three, maybe four points between Palace and the drop zone. And that 12-1, to even 8-1, to is going to look fantastic value. But next up, we're off to the Amex as Brighton play host to West Ham. And Craig, the Seagulls have picked up just one point from the last six on offer. Can they return to winning ways or just three to four? Yeah, it's the uh, the start of us talking about the final three games on this podcast, and in my opinion, potentially the sort of the toughest three games to look at. Maybe over the past two, three, four weeks, uh, really, really struggled to to have sort of any meaningful opinion on this, and, and sort of a lot of ifs and buts uh, and slight opinions coming up. So apologies for that in advance. Um, I'm going to start off with a very narrow Brighton win in this one. The home side have been well below what what we would see as their best recently, as you said. Um, but this game against West Ham, I feel, just gives them the chance to start moving in the right direction again. West Ham won 4-0 against Nottingham Forest last weekend. Um, big win. Uh, I'm still not convinced by them. And, of course, obviously, this is a, a massive step up in terms of um, quality of opponent that they're up against. I do like Brighton a lot, and I would love them to push for that final European spot. Um, so I think it's more sort of my enjoyment for what Brighton are doing this season that's leading me towards that way. I do think they'll just have enough to get over the line. I'm going to stick with them, uh, not with much confidence, but a very narrow Brighton win for me. Then again, Jamie, the Hammers will certainly be boosted by their emphatic 4-0 win over Nottingham Forest. Do you reckon they can gain some momentum on the South Coast and pick up at least a point because the double chance odds are currently evens? Yeah, do you know what, with that West Ham win, I'm not going to read too much into it just because I think I mentioned on the, on last week's show as well, um, you know, Forest, they've been really, really poor away from home and that their, their away form's been shocking. Um, so, as I said, not reading too much into that one as well. Another team whose who's away form has been shocking is West Ham. Uh, they've lost eight of their 12 away matches this season in the league. So, obviously, that's been really poor. And then, of course, they do face a Brighton side who, yes, have been slightly inconsistent at the moment. But I do think they are still a very strong team. And when you look at that that uh, poor away form from West Ham, I think Brighton should have enough here to get the win. So, um, I'm going to go for a Brighton win here. OK, then. Let's look at Leeds as they travel to Chelsea. I've already revealed my tip as to what I think will happen. But, Craig, I'd be keen to get your take because Harry Grazia 
won his first league game in charge last weekend for the Ellen Road outfit. Can he cause more misery for the Blues? Odds of 19-4. to four. Yeah, I think this is where you've pretty much got me up back against the wall here, Dan, because I think <laughs> in the past couple of weeks I've... I've said that I can't back Chelsea against anyone, and I've also said I can't back Leeds against anyone. <laughs> um, so, so I've sort of no option but to go for the draw here. Um, I think Leeds have got a lot of work to do, but I do think Chelsea have got far, far more work to do. And I can see this sort of developing into a game where neither team are good enough on the day to quite get the win. So I am going with the draw. It's 14-5, to five, almost 3-1. to one. Um, I thought Leeds played OK against Fulham in the Cup on Tuesday. It's, they were very unlucky. They, they should have really scored in that game. Um, I think that's maybe the best I've seen from Leeds in the past few weeks. So the signs are there. But by the same token, I think Leeds are really suffering with a lack of luck at the minute. I think if you look at them over the past sort of month, six weeks, not much has gone their way. But that's what happens when you're in the relegation fight. You know, you don't get, you've got to work even harder to get out of there and get things happening for you. Um, Chelsea. I've lost really what to say about Chelsea anymore, to be honest with you. Um, I can't back Chelsea. I don't think I can back Leeds still. It's a draw for me, 14-5. to five. I think, in many ways, Leeds, would, Leeds don't know how to play for a draw, I don't think. Even changing managers on numerous occasions over the past like sort of two years, Leeds still don't know how to play for a draw. But at the same time, would snap your hands off for a point. So, um, yeah, I'll go for a draw, just. Okay then, Jamie. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Chelsea have scored just six goals since the World Cup return. A terrible figure, no matter what way you look at it. But surely, when you look at their bluntness, Leeds' lack of firepower themselves, surely this game ends in under 2.5 goals, odds of 10 to 11. Yeah, look, I'm I'm definitely with Craig here, and I do think this one will end in a draw. I don't think Chelsea will get over the line here and get all three points. And uh, I think, as you said, under 2.5 goals definitely is the way to go. Um, you know, even Leeds themselves have been struggling for goals. They've scored just three times in the last six matches. Um, also, you kind of look at Chelsea defensively, they have been quite strong. I think I would maybe add the caveat now that, as I think, as you mentioned, uh, Dan, earlier in the show, no Thiago Silva. So that, that is going to be a big blow for them. We, of course, saw them concede twice uh, against Spurs on the weekend after he went off. So it kind of shows how important he is. Um, but I don't think that will change a great deal. I don't think Leeds are going to come here and score loads. Um, it's going to be a low-scoring draw. It's either going to be a nil-nil or a one-all, in my opinion. Um, you know, And then, of course, you just have to look at Chelsea's really poor, poor form in front of goal as well. Um, so, yeah, two teams really struggling for goals. Two teams maybe struggling for momentum as well. And uh, I think this definitely got draw written on it. And, uh, and it'll be a low-scoring one. OK, then let's move to the East Midlands now. Because, Craig, Ruben Seles has been given the Southampton job until the end of the season. No big surprise after the discussions that we've had on the show in the past couple of weeks. But what's the best bet that you can find the listeners when they visit Leicester on Saturday? Yeah, again, really, really tough end to the show, this. Uh, thanks very much to the random computer generator for throwing these games together. Um, I'm going to go with another draw here, too. So, Leicester sort of looking at the form table, you know, they've lost the last two games and lost in the FA Cup. But I don't think that's too bad because the two losses in the league came against Manchester United and Arsenal. Um, that's all come since that big win over Spurs. So, I, I don't really know sort of where to weigh up Leicester at the minute. I think... They shouldn't be too down, but I get the feeling they may be a little bit down. Um, I'm not convinced that Southampton have got what it takes to go there and, and to beat a team like Leicester at the moment. Southampton need wins, but in many ways, they'll probably take an away point from Leicester. Um, Leicester, they will want to win this game, but I don't think they would mind a draw. Just to sort of end that losing spell, put a line under it and move forward. 
Um, again, I'm sort of sitting on the fence a bit here, but I'm going to say a draw. It's 12 to 5 for the draw, a point each. And I just think sort of it's one of those games where if if there's sort of 20 minutes left, I think Southampton shut up shop and maybe Leicester have not quite got enough to go and break them down and win it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, another draw for me. Yeah, it smells like it could be last on match of the day, that match. But anyway, Jamie, <laughs> Nottingham Forest play Everton a day later. And with that in mind, I'd like a best bet from you as well. Yeah, I'm going to look to the half-time, full-time market in this one. Um, I mentioned earlier, I do think Nottingham Forest will come out on top here. Um, but I think it's going to be maybe a frustrating first half for them. And I'm going to go for a draw at half-time and a Nottingham Forest win at full-time, which you can get at 5-1. to one. Um, I, I, An interesting stat I found, eight of... Forest's last 11 league goals have come in the second half, so a team that have looked strong in the second half as well. Um, I think, as we always know with Everton, they're going to be a team who are always going to go away and, and look to frustrate teams, make it very difficult to kind of break them down. Um, so I think from, from that perspective, I think Forest they will eventually come out on top. I think in the second half, they'll find the goals. And uh, yeah, I think that they will win this one and uh, draw half-time, Nottingham Forest full-time at 5-1 to is my pick here. Top shout. Right, we're going to go to our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acca. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's League One for me, and it's Sheffield Wednesday to beat Peterborough at four to five. So, Sheffield Wednesday look as though they're in prime position to win League One. Uh, they come into this weekend with a three-point lead, a game in hand, and five wins and a draw from the last six. Uh, particularly good at home. And if you look at their home form since Christmas, they've played six games at Hillsborough. They've won all six, and five of those have come with a clean sheet, showing how emphatic they've been. Um, the game that didn't come with a clean sheet actually saw Wednesday score five as well, so that's emphatic in its own way. Um, Peter are very up and down at the moment. Brilliant one minute, struggling the next. But I think even if they do come here and play well, that still may not be enough to beat a side that seems sort of destined for a return to the Championship. So it's Sheffield Wednesday to beat Peterborough at four to five for me. Top shout, Craig. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to look to La Liga for my pick. And I'm going to go for Atletico Madrid to beat Sevilla at home at four to six. Um, Atletico Madrid, they drew, drew the Madrid derby on the weekend. That now leaves them fourth in the table. And their form's in really good as well. Um, they've now seven games unbeaten. Um, uh, they've also won seven of their 12 home matches this season. They are at home here. Um, so I'm going to back them to win again against the Sevilla side, who are kind of mid-table at the moment, struggling. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for an Atletico Madrid over Sevilla at 4-6. to six. I like the sound of that. I'm off to the Championship as Blackpool play host to Burnley. And although this will be a Lancashire derby, I don't see the form book going out the window on Saturday. Purely because Burnley have been the form team within England's second tier. And as Vincent Company's men are currently 14 league matches unbeaten, regardless of what happens in the FA Cup in midweek, I'm backing the away win at odds of 8-13. to 13. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much as ever, Dan. Um, just get the feeling that sort of start of March is, is really when football sort of ramps up another couple of notches. A lot of big storylines, top of the tables, bottom of the tables. So really looking forward to the next few weeks and uh, hopefully a good weekend to kick things off this weekend. Absolutely. I think they call it the business end of the season. I think we've just reached that now. But Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with mm. me. 
Yeah, thanks, Dan. And uh, obviously, a, a massive week for Spurs. And, and really kind of to show Craig's point, you know, Spurs this evening, um, we've got Sheffield United in the third uh, in the fifth round of the Cup. Um, so that's going to be obviously a huge one. Then a week later, we've got uh, AC Milan in the second leg of the, the Champions League. So that's going to be another big game as well. So, you know, a huge week for Spurs. Um, obviously, Wolves in between that as well. And, you know, with our top four push, that's going to be a big game for us. So, yeah, really big week for Spurs. And, uh, yeah, obviously, lots of other big games of football. I'm looking forward to, to seeing Liverpool versus Manchester United. That's going to be a really interesting one, especially given the form of Liverpool and with it, with it being at Anfield. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. So, yeah, lots of good football to, to look forward to. Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. 